We read together to remind us of where we are going, that is towards Jesus. Allowing the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, and the family of God to form a fidelity of allegiance to him alone. Please read aloud with me as we confess this together. We believe the gospel is the good news that God our Father, the Creator, out of his great love for us, has come to rescue us from sin, Satan, death, and hell, and to renew all things in and through the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf, to establish his kingdom through his people who participate in loyal allegiance in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is for God's great glory and our profound joy. Well, welcome again today. We are in this collection, The King Jesus Gospel, and we just read together a a hearty statement of what the gospel is, what King Jesus Gospel is all about. And today we have a real joy of having one of our overseeing elders here with us. Here at Faith Church, we are a senior pastor-led, board of elder-supported, staff and volunteer-run church, and we believe in equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And one of the supporting roles in our house is that of overseeing elder. We have three uh, men of God who serve in that capacity and they really have a threefold role. They kind of provide um, some counsel. They provide a a prayer and and spiritual covering for us and for our leaders. And they're available if ever the needs arise in terms of crisis for our elders locally here to help navigate and lead in God-honoring ways. And today we have the privilege of having one of those uh, men with us, Pastor Brandon Dearman is from Tiga K, South Carolina, just south of the Charlotte area. Uh, I have known Pastor Brandon for many years doing youth camps and youth retreats as both of us served in a denomination together, uh, serving in youth areas, and uh, he, he's a dear, dear friend uh, because he loves golf uh, and is really good at it. Uh, he loves coffee, and uh, he loves the local church and believes that the Word of God has ultimate authority in our lives, and he's a dear, dear friend. He and his wife, Jenny have four beautiful, wonderful kids, and uh, it's just a real delight to have him here with us. So church, will you stand and give a really, really warm welcome to Pastor Brandon Dearman. Hey, would you stay standing on your feet for just a second and um, like triple that volume and intensity? Would you honor your senior pastors, Pastor Matthew and Amber, and let them know how much you love them? You can, ha- you can have a seat this morning. Uh, I've been here since Thursday, and it has not taken long to realize that this is a great church. Someone said Amen. This is a great church, and uh, you can just sense that God is doing something here in Faith Church. And Pastors Matthew and Amber, I just want to honor you uh, publicly. You guys are so kind and generous and humble, but more than anything, I want you to know you're seeing your pastors. They are committed and devoted to the person of Jesus, and they are full of integrity and faith, and with all of their heart, they're leading their family, their church, but living lives that are in alignment with the ways and the word of God. So one more time, can you just honor pastors Matthew and Amber? It really is such an honor and a privilege to be here uh, at Faith Church, 
And um, I'm so excited this morning to share uh, from the Bible. If you have a Bible with you, go with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And while you're turning there, uh, like Pastor Matthew said, my name is Brandon. I do come from the South Carolina area. I try not to lie, but I tell everybody I'm from Charlotte because no one knows where Fort Mill, South Carolina is. And so I just say I'm from Charlotte because we're 10 minutes outside of Charlotte. Uh, So I'm from the Charlotte area. Uh, I've been married for 14 years to my beautiful bride, Jennifer Malia, was fail, but I said, no, 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 you will be a success. You are mine now. It's not fail anymore. (laughs) Jennifer Malia Dearman, and uh, we have four beautiful children, Evelyn Grace, Brooklyn Page, Elisha Graham, and Bethany Rose, seven, five, three, and nine months. That means you need to pray for us (laughs) on a daily basis. Uh, I miss my family, but honestly, uh, I don't know if I'm ready to go home yet because I've actually slept through the night for like three nights in a row. And so I miss my family, but I also miss sleep. Matthew chapter 8, like Pastor Matthew said, we, by the way, I'm a part of Faith Church. um, So it's not you, it's we. Even though I'm not from Fort Scott, I consider myself a part of this community. And so we have been in this this study, this collection of talks, the King Jesus Gospel. And we've been talking about the message that Jesus came to proclaim and the life, the flourishing life. You know, John 10, 10 says that Jesus came to give us life and life to the full, the flourishing life that Jesus offers to anyone and everyone who will follow him, who will give themselves to Jesus as a disciple. And uh, we've been talking for a number of weeks about the message. And today we're making a little bit of a transition. And we're going to talk today about the ministry of Jesus. You might say, Brandon, this is my first time at Faith Church. What in the world is ministry? That sounds like a really big Bible word. Well, ministry can have uh, two uh, definitions, and and, and I'll make it very simple. Uh, The first is just calling. It's assignment. You can go to somewhere like Colossians 4.17, where uh, the Apostle Paul writes to a man named Achippus, and he says, Achippus, take heed or pay attention that you may fulfill the ministry In other words, the assignment, the call of God that's on your life. You know, Jesus, he came from heaven to earth with an assignment from the Father. Jesus said in John chapter 4, my food, my nourishment, it is not steak from the great state of Kansas. My food and my nourishment, it is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus came with with a ministry, with an assignment. But, But you can also use that word ministry to talk about ministering. In the Bible, you uh, have passages like 1 Samuel, where uh, Samuel, he ministered to the Lord. That means to, to serve, to bless, to be at one's beck and call, if you will, and seek to serve and to bless that one. And I, I think it's important that we, we talk about the ministry of Jesus, and I'll give you two reasons. Number one, because did you know that Jesus wants to minister to you? Did you know that? The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, that God, he cares for you and I. Something we say at our church a lot is that if it's big enough to keep you up at night, and if it's big enough for you to be anxious and worried and stressed about and to be eaten up on the inside, it's big enough to bring to God. The Bible says, cast all of your care upon God because he cares for you. I'll never forget driving in the car with my dad when I was little. He played football, he wrestled, and uh, he played water polo, which I still don't fully know what that is. Um, and, and I grew up playing hockey. And I remember we were driving the car one time, and I said, Dad, do you even like hockey? Do, do, do you like hockey? 
Because you play football, you wrestle, you, we have no interest in hockey until I watched the great movie, The Mighty Ducks, and decided <laughs> I want to play hockey. And, and I'll never, never forget, he, he looked you know, at me and he said, you know, Brandon, I love hockey because I love you. I care deeply about hockey because I, and that's the heart of God. God cares for you and I. God cares and is concerned with currently what you are concerned about because he cares for you. And Jesus desires to minister to you. He wants to meet you where you are. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. He, he, he wants to meet you where, where you are. And he wants to bring life and encouragement. And, and the Bible says this in Hosea 4, 6, that my people, in other words, God's people, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Sometimes we, we settle for less simply because we just don't know all that God desires to do. It's important that we talk about the ministry of Jesus because Jesus desires to minister to us. But secondly, did you know that God actually wants to minister through you? The, 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 the main contributors to what God will do in Fort Scott and in this community and around the world, it's not people like me and Pastor Matthew that stand on a stage. It's you. We are the body of Christ. And God desires to use you. You will go to places and you will be surrounded by people that most definitely not me, but Pastor Matthew and I, we will maybe never have contact with, but you do. We are the sent ones by God. And it's important we know what the ministry of Jesus was and is because he wants to minister to us, but he wants to minister through us. And as we start uh, talking today about the ministry of Jesus, I want to I talk about how it is that Jesus Ministered. And I want to talk today about how Jesus, primarily what we read and what we see is that he ministered through his word. I want to talk about the authority of God's word. Matthew chapter 8, uh, hopefully you're there because I asked you to turn there uh, what feels like three hours ago. Um, <laughs> I'm reading today out of the New Living Translation. If you don't have that version, it's not a big deal. All the words are on the screen. But uh, I'm going to read three different passages. We're going to skip a rock through Matthew chapter 8. And so I would encourage you to read the whole chapter, but we're going to pick three uh, smaller passages. So Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 5. I'm going to read through verse 13. And uh, I'll point a couple things out as we go. It says this, When Jesus uh, returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer, officer said, Lord, no, 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 no. I'm not worthy to have you come into my house. Listen to this. Just say the word from where you are. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. He said, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go and they go, come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this or, or do that, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, I love this, go back home because you believed 
It has happened. And the young servant was healed from that very hour. You know, what's interesting about that passage is that Jesus never said to him a second time, okay, I, I will he- heal. But, but he heard Jesus the first time. And the Bible says that when Jesus said, yes, I will come and I will heal, he goes, no, 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 don't, no. You, you don't need to come. Only say a word. And I know that if you say a word, I know that it will be done. And the Bible says that from the moment he believed, it happened. Now, skipping a rock, verse 16, we're going to read one verse. It says, that evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus, and he cast out the evil spirit, I love this, with a simple command, and healed all the sick. Notice it says he cast out all the evil spirits with a, with a simple command. Wasn't some complex religious, oh, Father, thou art in. It was with a simple command. Jesus cast out. Now, skipping a rock, once again, verse 23 through 27, the last passage we're going to read. It says this in verse 23, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. And suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And Jesus responded, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves. And suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed, saying, Who is this man? They asked. Even the wind and the waves will say it this way, Obey his word. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Title of the sermon I'd like to preach this morning is simply this, Authority Like Jesus. Because I want to talk today for the uh, few, few moments that we have about the authority that is in God's word, but also how you and I have been called to walk in and possess a similar authority as those who have been called and sent out by him. I'll give you a definition of authority just in case it's helpful. Uh, authority can be defined like this. It describes one who has power and or is a ruler. It is the power of choice, the freedom to do as one sees fit, one who is a ruler having influence and leadership to control and or to command. Uh, By show of hands this morning, how many dads we got in the room? And any dads in the room? Um, you, You probably already know this, but dads, we have been given something by God that nobody else possesses. Um, you don't get it until you become a dad. There's no actor in Hollywood that can fake it. It is the dad voice. Come on, anybody, you know what I'm talking about, the dad voice? It is when that perfect tone meets that perfect volume, and it can silence your whole household. I told you I have four kids. My son, Graham, uh, Elisha Graham, we call him Graham. Um, he's all boy. He, I mean, he's a sweet heart and he he loves people but he's all boy he wants to fight and wrestle and punch at all times we 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 were walking to my daughter played played uh coach pitch baseball this this past year and we were walking to her baseball game and he picked up this big stick and because we know what he's capable of my wife said graham graham put put the stick down and um of course he did he just threw it in front of him And he hit this poor elderly lady square in the back. 
And my wife looked at me and I'm like, it was a good throw though. Like, like honestly, it was, it was a good throw. But I think we say his name a million times a day, especially my wife. And, and it's amazing how she can say, say the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And yet all I got to do is take one step close to him and say, Graham. And that boy will, yes, sir. No, sir. I remember when, when I was in middle school and I really, for the first time, discovered the power of my dad's voice. Um, you know, when you get in middle school and you're in sixth, seventh grade, you get one armpit hair and you think that you are now a man. And I was... I was mouthing off to, to my mom, and my dad momentarily took me out of the family. I was no longer a part of the family. He did not address me as his son or make my mom, my mother. I remember he stepped into the room, like out of nowhere. I didn't even know he was there. He stepped in and he said, son, you talk to my wife like that again, we will be having words man to man. I felt so small so quickly because it's the power of the dad voice. Did you know that our God He's not a weak God. Do you know that while God, he is full of mercy and grace and compassion. Je Jesus was the embodiment of God. And Jesus, the Bible says that even children were drawn to him. Our God is full of grace and compassion and mercy, but our God, make no mistake about it, he is not a weak God. He's not a passive God. He is the God of all creation. He holds all authority. There is no rival, no comparison, end of story. And because our God has authority, his word carries authority. In the same way that I can step in and say, Graham, when God speaks, it commands authority. And what we see in Matthew chapter 8, for time's sake, we will not go back through and read all of it, but what we see in Matthew chapter 8 is three instances where the power of God is released because God's word is released. The centurion comes to him and says, Jesus, my servant, they, they, they're in bad shape. Would, would, would you heal? And, and he goes, I'm, yeah, I'll come. No, 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 no. But if you would only speak a word, I know my servant will be healed. What if we live like that, church? What if we lived in such a way that we didn't need to see the spectacular? All we needed in our heart is to know, yeah, but God said this. I, I, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I don't know how it's going to work out. But all I know is God said this. We, 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 we see it when in verse 16, they bring to Jesus all who were sick and demon-possessed and oppressed by, by the enemy. And, and the Bible says with a simple command, Jesus cast all the evil spirits out and he healed them all. You know, when we think about evil spirits, we think about, you know, some uh, exaggerated Hollywood movie. But we live in a world and a culture where people all around us are oppressed by the enemy. The Bible says with a simple command. Jesus said, enough of that. It makes me think of a couple different passages you, you may remember. Do you remember Jairus? Anybody remember Jairus who had a daughter who was at the point of death and he came to Jesus and said, Jesus, will you heal my daughter? And by the time Jesus got to his house, she, she had already died. Death had already gripped her. And Jesus, he stepped in and all he said was, little girl, arise. And the authority of his word caused death to loose its grip and life to fill her, her body. Think about the man who was possessed by demons so, so much so 
that they said, we don't know what to do with you. And so we're just going to cast you into isolation. We'll try to chain you up, but that didn't work. Can I tell you how many people, they feel isolated and they feel overlooked? Maybe, maybe that's you today. Maybe you feel like I've been so isolated and pushed to the side because people just don't know what to do with me. And Jesus comes and this man comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, will you, will you help me? He says, what's your name? And the demon speaks and says, Legion, for we are many. I had a friend one time, he lived on Legion Road. And I said, bro, you got to move quick. <laughs> like, I don't know if you read the scripture, bro, but that's a demon road. You got to move quick. Mark chapter 5, go read it, man. And, and with a word, what nobody could do, Jesus did in a moment. God's word has authority. Can I tell you why God's word has authority? Let's just talk for a minute. The Bible has authority. Because this is not just a book. This is not just historical facts, principles, and precepts, and a, and a telling of a story. This is the actual living, breathing words of God. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture, cover to cover, was inspired by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the, these words were not just written by men who had, who had proximity to Jesus. They were written by men who were inspired, overtaken, if you will, by the Spirit of God and penned the words of God. And can I tell you, these words today, they, they live. Just, just like if I were to text you and, and say, hey, after church, do, do you want to go get a coffee? You would know that's a, that's a living or an active invitation. Why? Because I am alive. And can I tell you, because God is alive, his word, it lives today. And the word of God still has authority on the earth. Well, hold on for a second, Brandon. R riddle me this. If God's word has so much power and authority, then why don't we experience more power? That's a, that's a real question. Brandon, if God's word really does have, have authority and through God's word, there's the ability to experience supernatural power that changes and transforms and shifts things. Why don't we experience more of that? I think it's a great question. I'd like to give you just two observations, maybe that doesn't answer the question in full, but two observations. Number one, you can write this down because it's coming under God's authority that releases the power of God's word. It's coming under his authority that releases the power of his word. Did you know that Jesus, the Bible says this about him, that Jesus didn't say anything? He didn't do anything unless he first heard and saw from, from the Father. See, th this is why the, 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 the centurion's understanding was so powerful. It was so powerful because he understood something many people didn't. He said, hey, I, I get it, Jesus. I get that you are not just a good man, you're the God man. You're not just a good teacher. You don't just have good ideas. You are the son of the living God. And I can see, I realize that you are under the authority of God. And because you are under his authority and you only say what he first commands, you hold authority. It, it's what he was saying. He said, no, I, I get it because I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm both under authority, but I have authority and I have people over me. But because I have people over me and I'm under that authority, there's authority that I have. See, Jesus was a man who was under authority. And you have to realize it's not until you come under. Someone say under. 
under the authority of God's word that the power of God is re released. Three times, again, for time's sake, we won't go back, but I would encourage you to go back and do some study. Three times we see in Matthew 8, the centurion, he comes and he says, Lord, master, ruler, I'm, I'm not the boss here, you're the boss. I'm not, I'm not the God man, you're Lord. And he comes under the authority of Jesus we, we, we see in Matthew 8, 16, what are they doing? They're coming to Jesus going, Jesus, we can't do this. Th these are our friends. These are our relatives. These are the needs. We, we're coming under your lordship, realizing that you have the ability. We, we do not. We read in Matthew 8, um, verse 23 through 27, the disciples, the wind and the waves are howling. And what do they do? They come to him and they say, Lord, look. see, it's when we come under God's authority under the authority of his word, that the power of God is released. But here's the observation I'd like to, to, to make. I think we miss it so often because we pick and choose what has authority and what doesn't have authority. I mean, let, let's, let's just be honest. All of us in this room, myself included, we know more than we do. Can I get an amen? amen. This is why I still, God help me, I need, I need you deliverance. This is why I still go through the drive-thru at McDonald's. I know it's not good for me. I, I've seen all the documentaries. I have all the health nuts in my church that tell me it's no good. But we all, we know more than we do. The Bible says this in uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 6. Jesus is speaking to religious leaders, and he, he says this. In this way, you say, they don't need to honor their parents. And listen. And so you canceled the word of God for the sake of your own traditions. Man, we got some traditions, don't we? Well, it's just, it's just the, the way it's done in Fort Scott. This is just the way it's done in my family. This is just the way that I've always thought about it. This is the way that I've thought about it. And, they, and we have so many cultural, family, personal traditions. We'll say it this way. It's just the way we do it. The Bible says Jesus speaking to religious leaders says, hey, here's the issue. All of your traditions that you've allowed to supersede the commandments of God have made God's word of no effect in your life. And so while they hold great power, you've, you've nullified through, through allowing your way to be over his way. Number two, you can write this down. Second observation that I'd like to make is simply this, that because we forget that we have been delegated the authority of Jesus and called to invite his presence and release his power. We won't turn here, but Matthew 10, 1, you can write it down. 2 Corinthians 5, 20, you can write it down. The Bible says in Matthew 10, 1, that Jesus called all of his disciples together and said, I'm giving you, someone say you. you. Look at your neighbor and say you. You. I'm giving you authority over every unclean spirit, over everything to, to cast it out. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that we are the ambassadors of Christ. Did you know that everywhere you go, you are the ambassador of Christ? That on your school campus, you are the ambassador of Christ? That in your workplace, in your family, whatever sphere God has placed you in, you are the ambassador of Christ. And we have been given the authority of Jesus... And we've been called. I heard, heard a pastor say it this way, that if you have the ability, you have the responsibility. 
We've been given the ability to walk into places and to invite the presence and the power of God because we have delegated authority like Jesus did. Read, read you two scriptures, Matthew 6.10. Jesus says, when, when you pray, pray like this, may your kingdom come soon and may your will be done on the on the earth. The New King James Version says it like this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Did you know that we, we actually have the ability and thus the responsibility to live a life that in every situation, in every circumstance, in every environment that we come with the authority Jesus has given us from his word. Say, God, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Bible says this in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know that he hears us, we make our request. We also know that he will give us what we ask for. The New King James Version says it like this. This is the confidence we have in him. Anybody, do, do, have you ever just felt unconfident in prayer? He goes, this is the confidence we have in him. That if, someone say if. Oh, come on, loud and proud. Someone say if. If. If, if we, we pray according to or ask anything according to his will. Hold, hold on, brother. How do I know what the will of God is? I'm, like, I, I'm, I'm not a pastor, preacher. We, we know God's will because we have his word. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to the pattern of your world or your culture, but renew your mind according to the word of God, that you may know what is the perfect, good, and pleasing will of God. 1 John 5, 14, 15, New King James Version says, this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. We know that if he hears us, we know that we will have the petitions of our request. Why? Because we have delegated authority as followers of Jesus. Because his word has authority. And when I take the word of God and say, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, that this is what your word says. And so in Jesus' name, I invite your presence and your power. Would you come? Would you fill this situation? My, my son, he's three years old. He's about to be four uh, this week, July 15th, and uh, when, when, he, when he was real little, we found out that he had a bunch of allergies. <clears throat> and uh, we found out because my dog licked his face like it was a lollipop. And, um, and he, I mean, he broke out everywhere. We thought well, maybe it was the cleaner we used or it was this or that, but we found out, oh no, he, he has a, he's a pretty severe allergy to like dogs. And then we found out it was an allergy to a bunch of other stuff. And I, I remember driving home and, and part of me, was kind of just settling into, all right, cool, well, like Graham's got some allergies, and so we're going to have to, and, and I remember just sensing the Holy Spirit just, just grab me and go, why are you settling for less? The, the Bible says, by his stripes, we are healed. Past tense. By, by the stripes of Jesus, we've been healed. Healing has been made available. Jesus has set the table. We're driving in the car thinking, all right, Lord, you said that by your stripes, he, he's healed. Allergies aren't necessarily a huge deal. I mean, they can be a big deal, but his aren't a big deal. Really, it's more of a nuisance. It's more of an inconvenience. He would love to eat ice cream and pizza, but he can't because dairy hurts his tummy. 
But, but something in me rose up to say, no, God, your word says that we can believe you for healing. And honestly, like he, he cares about it because he's three and he wants ice cream, not coconut ice cream. That's not real. Not soy ice cream. That's not real. Don't give me oat milk. I want real milk. And it's not a big deal, but it's a big deal to him. And because it's a big deal to him, it's a big deal to me. And if it's a big deal to him, it's a, it, God, it, it matters to you. And so we have, whenever we think about it, we're, we're just coming, when I, when I tuck him in at night, when I'm driving in the car, I think about it. Lord, thank you so much for healing Graham. Thank you that by your stripes, he's been healed. Thank you, Lord, that allergies and eczema, that in the name of Jesus, you gotta go. And is he healed yet? Well, no, he's getting better. But, but, but my point is that this is the life that we've been called to live. That we have a heart that is full of God's word. That we're living a life that is, that is intentionally staying close to Jesus so his spirit can lead us and guide us. And we can, as like Jesus, as the Holy Spirit shows us something, as God speaks to us something, we have a heart full of God's word to say, I hear you, God. I, I see that. In Jesus' name, I take the authority you've given me from your word, and I delegate that, and I say, in Jesus' name, would your presence and would your power would it fill this place? How different would our life and would our world be if we lived like this? Realizing that the ministry of Jesus, it was primarily done through, through, through the words that he spoke. And we, like him, have been given the ability, the responsibility to take his word and to walk into places that feel dark, places that feel broken, to, to interact with people who are hurting, and as you get that little nudge, hey, would you just encourage them? Would you just take that verse you read last week or so-and-so posted on Instagram? Would you just pull that out of your pocket and go, hey, I just, I just want to encourage you and everything would be different. See, we, we got to realize the ministry of Jesus primarily was done through the power of his word. Two questions as we close this morning and I pray for you. The first is this. Are there any areas of your life that currently you would just say, if I'm being honest, I know more than I'm doing and I haven't submitted my life under his lordship and under his word? What are, what are the things right now you're like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Let's not be legalistic, pastor. No, it's not legalism. It's a loving obedience. So Lord, are there any areas of, of our life, my life, that while I know it, I've yet to, to, to bring it to the foot of the cross and submit it to you. Second question, are there any areas of your life this morning that you just have a little nudge that God wants you to bring the authority of his word and release his power, invite his presence? Can I pray for you? With every head bowed and every eye closed, Lord, today I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for speaking to us right where we need it. 
I don't know every person in this room, but God, you do. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that as your word has gone forth, that you have and you will continue to minister it. Help us to know the areas of our life that we've yet to submit and surrender and help us, Lord, to live a life where everywhere we go, we bring your power and your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand and thank Pastor Brandon? Thank you for that word. Would you uh, grab your communion elements and let's come to the table of the Lord. Let's not rush from this moment. We've got plenty of time still. If you're at home, we invite you to participate. As followers of Jesus, this is our joy to come to the table every week. And so begin to open up the communion elements, get the bread out, and then flip it over and you can open up the juice. And just hold both of those in your hand and we'll partake together in just, just a minute. And once you have them open, would you just kind of close your eyes for a second? Just take a minute, take a couple deep breaths and just whisper to the Lord, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? We believe that Jesus is King. We believe that we're following him As we come to the table, we remind ourselves that his body was broken and his blood was poured out. His body was broken so our bodies could be made whole. And and in this moment, we're actually coming under the authority of what Jesus has done and who Jesus is. As Savior, as healer, as baptizer, as king. We're coming under those things today. Reminding ourselves of his healing, of his power, of his might. My question that I feel that is most prominent for most of us in this room is not that do we believe that God is able, the question is do you believe that it's right for you to come under his authority? Why don't we see the power of God released? It's often because we don't actually come under the authority of who Jesus is in our lives. Where are those areas that you've held onto lordship and kingship and rulership and he's asking you to come to him. Maybe there are some areas that you have settled. Like, I'll just live with this. I'll, I'll compensate here. I'll just keep medicating here. Maybe the Lord is stirring some things to your heart to say, as you submit to the authority of Jesus, then you can begin to believe for the healing of Jesus. And today, as we take the communion elements, we're, we're taking it in faith, reminding ourselves that Jesus is the healer and he's king. So Lord, we stand here with these elements, with the bread in our hand and the juice in our hand, and we take them in remembrance of who you are and what you have done. And we submit our lives, Jesus, to you as king, as healer as forgiver, as redeemer. Thank you, Lord. Let's take the bread together. And now when you're ready, go ahead and take the juice. Lord, we thank you that we've heard your word today. Lord, We don't submit in our own strength, but actually, Lord, it's your Holy Spirit that comes alongside of us that enables us to do these things, to walk in this way, to receive these things in faith and loyalty and allegiance to you. 
And so, Lord, would you continue to work in our lives and in our hearts today? Lord, I speak blessing over this family. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them and you would keep them. Jesus, would you make your face shine on them as they see the delight of a father? Be gracious to them. Lift up your joyful, delightful countenance towards us this week and bring us your peace and your wholeness and your completeness. We pray this in the name of the Father who loves us, the Son who died for us, and the Spirit who abides in us, we pray. And all the believers gave a big, girthy amen. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If you're if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see it in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.